Hello from Bear and Kura, a podcast from the Land of Oz Information Services. This is episode 59 of the Bear and Kura podcast. We're going to talk about cooking. How did you first become interested in cooking? I don't know that I've ever been interested in cooking. It's not it's not an art form for me like it is for other people. For me, it is just a means of getting sustenance. It's a necessary evil. Yeah. I do recall when I was in the age when I was in Cub Scouts. I'm not saying that I, I learned anything about cooking in Cub Scouts. But I was that age that my mother taught me how to make macaroni and cheese, which uh, for for a kid of that age, I guess, is quite a responsibility because you have to boil water and, you know, it's not like taking some out, something out of a can or a box. Yeah. With something actually had to be prepared. But um, I just wasn't... I, I like food and all, but I... I you just rather have someone else prepare it for you. Yeah. I can cook anything that comes out of a can or a box. Okay. How about you? Um, probably after college that I became interested in it. I do enjoy cooking. I wish I could do it more often. Um, I think, I, I don't know. I just, I just, I find it interesting to actually come up with, you know, throw a bunch of stuff together and, and make it. I don't bake. I won't bake. Uh, too much precision in that. And flour seems to get everywhere. So I, I don't like baking. But cooking, I, I do enjoy doing. But yeah, I would have to say probably after college, a little bit in college, trying to impress dates and stuff like that. <laughs> so I do know that if there's something that we're sort of preparing together, you usually get the job of chopping up the vegetables and stuff. I hate doing that. Oh, see, and that's the part I love. I love using the knife and doing, like, cutting skills and stuff like that. So I even bought you some gloves to wear so you don't cut your fingers off. Yeah, that's how much faith you have in me. <laughs> <laughs> so, But, yeah, I, it's it's something that I don't know. And then I guess I got it from my mom. She's a really good cook. She's French and German, but she cooks like an Italian woman. I I don't know. I just kind of picked it up over the years. What was your first experience in the kitchen like? Probably a nightmare, to be honest with you. I, I imagine I probably burned everything. I don't really recall my first venture into the kitchen. I never really helped my mom growing up. She always just did it. So, But I always kind of kept an eye on watching what she did. I would bet that your father didn't help much with the cooking. He cooked a few things. My mom refused to make liver and onions, and he would want that, so he, he would he would make that for himself. He did chili really well. But, yeah, you're right. Most of it was my mother. But like I said in the past episodes, my mom was like a do-it-all mom. Uh, she was pretty impressive with how she handled everything. So we barely ever ate out. It was always a home-cooked meal waiting. Pretty impressive. What are some of your favorite ingredients to work with and why? Well, let me think for a second. 
noodles, cheese, and powdered cheese. <laughs> and milk. Well, cheese definitely. It's it doesn't have uh, many carbohydrates. It tastes good, and it will make something that's bland taste good. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, like putting cheddar cheese on broccoli. Yeah. I I can't help but think of um, that movie when Harry met Sally, where he said, my mother told me you don't have to like everything, but you have to try everything. And she said, my mother always said, please pass the Velveeta. Hmm. That's funny. I would probably have to say olive oil. I don't know why. You can do so many different things with it, and it's a great flavor. It's a good base to start cooking things with. I prefer it over butter, but just olive oil. I don't know why that just really popped into my mind. But I, I do kind of use olive oil in almost anything that I cook, if I think about it. That's true. So, and sometimes you just put some in a bowl and eat it with bread. Yeah, yeah. I'll season it with something and then just eat it with bread. So, But yeah, I would have to say olive oil. How do you come up with new recipes or menu ideas? Probably from watching TV shows, to be honest. I watch Rachel Ray religiously. I don't know what I'm going to do once the show is off the air. But I, 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 and then things I read, uh, I'll come up with ideas that way. I used to be follow the recipe to a T, and now I really don't. I'll take different ideas and then put it together that way. I kind of like to think I'm a pretty good cook. I, I don't know what you think. You seem to eat all the food I make. Hey, if I don't have to make it, I, I can't complain. So I'll take that as a win. It doesn't necessarily <laughs> mean that you like what I cook, but <laughs> since you don't have to make it, you'll eat it. But I think there's a few dishes that I do make that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. So, Especially your fried chicken. I was going to say that. Well, I don't usually come up with new recipes or ideas. I do recall one time we went to the lake or something, and we were driving home, and trying to decide what to what to have for supper and we asked alexa to give us ideas and that that's actually one of the functions that they advertise that that you can ask for uh menu ideas and so we did that and I recall that we just got one suggestion after another, after another, after another, and we rejected all of them. Yeah. I don't think it ever came up with an idea of something that we both wanted. Yeah. Well, they were like crazy ideas, I think, too. It wasn't something you would normally have in your pantry. But we don't really have a pantry either. I mean, you have to admit that normally when we want something to eat, we we uh, go to the grocery store and buy what we need for that meal. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any cooking tips or techniques that you think are particularly useful? Yeah. Get somebody else to do it. There you go. I, I like eating. My belly will, will prove that, but, um, cooking is a chore for me. I, I think the best technique is keep it simple, stupid. Oh yeah. We've talked about that. Um, cause there were times that we've tried, various things and it was a disaster and we just decided to just keep it simple Mm -hmm. like chili we learned a lot about 
cooking chili because we were trying to spice it up or spruce it up and then it just wasn't good it wasn't good just keeping it simple low and slow and i recall we used to make homemade mashed potatoes we don't do that so much anymore but we tried putting all kinds of things in and it really just butter and salt and yeah. some milk is really all you need for mashed potatoes yeah well cream cheese actually helps quite a bit in there i, I forgot about that yeah cream cheese and some granulated garlic what is your favorite dish to prepare uh you've already hit at hinted at it it's a fried chicken I just enjoy it. It's a mess. It's the one thing that I will actually use flour on. But I, I think I'm really good at it. I've never had anyone complain about it. And I enjoy cooking. I mean, it's it's it's, it's a lot of work. But um, it's worth it in the end, I think. It's a lot of work beforehand, and it's a lot of work to clean up, and not much time eating. No. And that's the thing about cooking is it seems like there's so much prep time so much to do to, to get it to clean and to do, like to get it ready. And then you have to clean it all up. That's one thing, though, that I'm proud of. I, I clean while I cook. Whereas I've noticed you, you'll leave everything and then you clean up after you're done. Hmm. So, but no, yeah, the fried chicken. What, what's your favorite dish? Macaroni and cheese. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. And, and not fancy cheese or uh i like craft macaroni and cheese that comes in a box with craft singles yeah yeah um maybe we could get a sponsorship by craft <laughs> for this podcast <laughs> no but i will say though um i do enjoy your 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 macaroni and cheese and people are probably going to laugh when they hear that it's from a box but it is pretty tasty the way that you do it and it's it's comfort food um goes way back for me yeah and you'd think after all these years i would grow tired of it but i never have no no like you said it's a comfort food uh, we never had it as a kid really much it was high in carbohydrates and kind of high in sugar so when i was diagnosed my mom stopped serving it to us and like i said my mom really didn't she didn't like cooking stuff out of a box everything was generally from scratch she must have had a lot of scratch in that house. Yeah, plenty of scratch. Scratch and itch. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any to-go meals that you like to make when you're short on time or ingredients? Peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> I love peanut butter and jelly on toast. But, yeah, that's that's kind of like my go-to. I know that's a lame answer. Mm -hmm. It's got all your food groups. It's carbs and and sugar and starch and... And fruit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the jelly. Yeah, well, um, and the peanut butter is high in protein, and yeah, and it has fat. But the fat that it has is good for you. Yeah. So How about you? What's yours? Put um, some rice in the rice cooker with the meat, and turn it on and let it go. Yeah. It's simple. Uh, we often buy pre-flavored rice packets. I mean, it's usually rice and pasta and some kind of a chicken flavor or something. And um, e even canned chicken or, or some uh, frozen sausages or something. Just throw it in there and yeah, turn it on. Salmon with plain rice. It does all the work. Yeah, that's true. It just steams everything. Kind of. Rice probably isn't the best thing for our diet. 
No, white sugar goes to the roof. Yeah. I love it. Most of the stuff that I love is not very uh, good for my diabetes. True, true. Because I love pasta and I love rice. and Those are two things that we should probably stay away from. But I do enjoy them. Have you ever had any cooking disasters or mishaps? Oh, yeah. I couldn't list them off the top of my head, but I'm sure that I have. I've never burned down a kitchen or anything like that, but I know that I've burned stuff in the past or, or meals just didn't work out the way that I want them to. But I think that happens to everybody, to be honest. So, I mean, if you're not trying, you're not going to, you know, with success comes failure. The thing that I remember the most was a certain lasagna. We had bought a frozen lasagna at the grocery store, which is really (laughs) our way of making lasagna because making it from scratch is just a lot of work. But what bugs me about those frozen lasagna dinners is they come in an aluminum pan that is not sturdy enough to pick up. But why would you put something in a pan that you can't use to, to, to lift. Um, I didn't realize that. And I just put the pan in the oven. And then when I went to take it out, it collapsed. And um, there was, there was lasagna all over the, the oven door. And uh, I cursed quite a bit. Yeah. After that, I learned you always put the pan on another pan and put them both in the oven. Put it on a baking sheet? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that like it was yesterday. Yeah, you were pretty pissed, but oh well. And let's see, the next question is, how did you recover? Well, in that particular case, we realized that the oven door was just as sterile as (laughs) as anything else. We scraped it off the door and we ate it anyway. Yeah. And then just cleaned it up the best we could. (laughs) Do you have any memorable cooking experiences or meals that stand out to you? I do remember when I was a child, we were going on a trip somewhere, and I believe we were going through St. Louis, Missouri. I'm, I'm not certain that that's the town, but I believe that's where it was. And there was a restaurant that advertised on billboards all over the place called Noah's Ark. What, do you get a meal from each of the animals that were on? <laughs> That's a good one. It turned out, uh, it, it was a, a pretty fancy place. They had uh, taxidermied animals all over the place. And it was an actual 18-course meal. Holy smokes. And I'd never seen anything like that before. And I don't think my parents knew it was going to be that way, but it was. uh, That was probably the fanciest eating I ever done in my life. Was it good? Yeah, it was all real good. Hmm. They must have been small dishes. Yeah, they were. And, And, you know, when they started, it seemed like, are we are, are are we going to get any food or not? <laughs> but by the time we were done and got through, you know, the appetizers and the salads and the meal and the dessert and everything, uh, it, we were quite full. All right, but I would hope so. Eighteen courses, wow, that's pretty impressive. You you hear about an eighteen course meal, but I didn't know such things actually existed until neither, then. Neither did I. Yeah, that's I've heard of them, but I've never experienced one. 
How about you? What's your most memorable cooking experience? Um, nothing personally, like cooking wise. Uh, I've had a lot of great meals. As a kid, I remember one of my favorite experiences was going to Oyster Creek back home in New Jersey. You went there. there yes. A little fishing. It's kind of nestled at Leeds Point. It's a little uh, seafood restaurant. Really, really old. Sits on the back bay. It's in the middle of nowhere. And when you get there, it looks like an old war, like, you know, like fishing shanty. Yeah, like something on the wharf. Something on they the wharf. They had their own wharf, and I guess you could get there by boat if you wanted. Yeah, you could pull up in a boat, and there's cats everywhere. So if you go in there in the winter, you got to make sure that you clear your car out so you don't run over the kitties. <laughs> but um, it's just uh, it's a really fond memory. And I tried to go back there, like we brought you there. I thought, you, did you enjoy it? I enjoyed the meal, but I did not like the fact that they forgot about us. And when they were <laughs> down after we had waited like an hour, maybe yeah. more, we she, your mother went to check and and they forgot to write our name down or something. And so we did have that mishap, but the food was great. Yeah, I just remember my nephew not wanting to eat his food. My brother-in-law begging him to. He wouldn't remember. He wouldn't eat his uh, pasta and butter. He just had. He's a finicky eater, and he just didn't want anything to have to do with it. But watching my brother-in-law trying to wrangle him into eating was rather amusing. But no, it's just a fond memory. I mean, it's nothing fancy, but the the, the food is really good. So, and I remember as a kid that was that was a fancy meal that our parents would take me and my sister to. Maybe once or twice a year. Like I said, we never really went out to eat that much. But yeah, that's a very fond memory. I do remember putting it on Google Maps, and it hadn't. It wasn't on there. Really? Yeah. And hmm. and now it's one of the you know the places that that um that it says that these are thing places that you created, and there's like thousands of people who wrote reviews and whatever and it just seemed strange to me that a place that well known wasn't on the what well, wasn't in there oh wow i didn't realize that you've actually put it on google map yeah that's neat they probably love the free advertising and they certainly didn't need it no i, I mean, mean they were crowded yeah i mean like you said we we waited for over an hour so and i think and I remember, you know, there was a long wait when we got there, so. Hmm. What are some of your favorite cookbooks or food blogs? Uh, I, I don't have a favorite cookbook or food blog. Like I said, I, I just pick up on things. I, do I don't like, think that's true. You keep talking about a food blog all the time. Oh, I mean, there's there's a few people locally that write about the restaurants. Furt the Foodie, and then uh, Wichita by EB here in town. Uh, they they go to all the different restaurants and try the different things out. So yeah, I guess I do talk about them, but they uh, they're local here in Wichita, and they basically try out the the, the local cuisine, different restaurants. And the one guy Furt, he uh, he he's a friend of a friend. He's got quite the appetite. And I have no idea how he eats all of those meals the way he does. So, but yeah, they they generally check out the. The restaurants are down, and then I tell you about them, and then we'll go check them out. But cookbook-wise, I really don't—I don't think I've ever really got a dish from a cookbook. 
I find, you know, I find recipes online and then kind of mush them together. So do you have any favorite cookbooks or food blogs? I used to have a ton of cookbooks. There, there was a whole two bookshelves full of cookbooks. And I realized they were just taking up space. Nobody had opened any of them in years. And I know they're gone now. I don't remember. I, I can't imagine I threw away books. We, we, I know we gave a bunch away. I gave them to a friend of mine, Stephanie. Hmm. So, because I remember one of them was Bobby Flay's cookbook. But now, like, most of the stuff I see is on TV because I do watch the cooking shows. And I know it drives you crazy because then I get hungry afterwards. <laughs> and then I, then I try to go cook things and stuff like that and come up with ideas. I remember during the pandemic, I, we would try quite a bit of different recipes because I was bored. Hmm. And I remember using you as my kind of like my uh, guinea pig. I remember doing like a Jamaican chicken and stuff like that, going to buy the recipes, but. It can be quite expensive when you do do that, though. And it just, it's never as easy as they make it look on TV. No, because, I mean, you know, it's like Rachel Ray's, like, meals in 30 minutes. But they don't take into account prepping all the food. Yeah, but it's 30 minutes for her because somebody else has already measured everything out. Yeah, 30 minutes for her because they had producers and interns cutting up the vegetables, doing all of the, the, the menial labor. And then she puts it all in a pot and makes it look good. <laughs> so, but yeah, and I mean, most of the time, that's the one frustrating thing about cooking is, is the prep time is normally the longest time. It doesn't take you that long to cook the stuff. To prep it is the long part. It's yeah. Like, that's the part that I like doing, though, also. so. And um, when I have to cook... I feel pretty proud of myself that I can make all of the things come out at the same time. I try to, I don't know, more or less scientifically figure if I do this first and then this and then this or these two things at the same time, I can get everything to come out at once. Yeah, and I'm horrible at that. I'm terrible at that. And um, I think cooking, I think there's a bit of chemistry involved. You You have to know... You know, you put all your dry ingredients together and you put all your wet ingredients together. And, and if you don't do things in the right order, it doesn't come out very good. Mm-hmm. I would agree. So I guess we're at the end of the show. So what is your favorite joke right now? Okay, this harkens back to the first joke I ever told on the podcast. Do you remember that joke? Oh, no, I can't remember what I did last week. Okay, well, maybe you'll remember when we get to it. Why is it that chefs never cook tree branches? I don't know why. They use nonstick pans. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. Do you remember our first joke? No. It was, uh, what's brown and very sticky? And? A stick. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> so... We hope you've enjoyed the Bear and Kura podcast. This is Bear. This is Kura. Goodbye. Goodbye. You have been listening to the Bear and Kura podcast, a production of the Land of Oz Information Services. We can be contacted via email using the address podcast at oz.com 
And Oz is spelled A-W-E-S. This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find all the best shows under the rainbow at pride48.com.